Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Tuesday. It's the 28th of April, 2020. Which means it's almost May. Means it's almost May Day. Means it's almost the time when we have to decide whether we're going to pay our rent or not, I guess. I mean that both as a society and (laughs) here in our own house. That'll be something to think about, I guess. I wanted to focus today on the idea of going back to normal. The idea of this ending this pandemic that we're in, and society returning to normal. I really hope that doesn't happen. I know that sounds a little odd, although maybe not coming from me. But I think normal was our problem. The the way we were before this pandemic is why we are the way we are now during this pandemic. For example, the fact that we have no real healthcare system in the United States that is equipped in any way to deal with healthcare disasters on a mass scale, and where tens of millions of Americans don't have health insurance or easy access to healthcare, and millions more can't deal with the financial outcome of any kind of health scare whatsoever. That's a big part of why we are at where we're at right now. And we have no idea in this country how many people have COVID-19. That's something we all should understand, we don't actually know the real number. And that's not like tinfoil hat terror or something. That I mean, that's just real. There aren't enough tests. The tests that there are aren't getting processed, either at all or at least fast enough. And there are so many people who don't have access to healthcare in this country or don't live anywhere near where there might be a test or can't afford or have transportation to get to a place where there might be a test, that the real scope of the outbreak in this country can't possibly be known. I mean, we just know that, right? There's no no way we could possibly know what's actually happening because we just don't have the infrastructure to know what it is. A big part of what normal used to be was just this expectation that you had to go to your awful job That in many cases meant uh, really nothing to society other than a means of providing crap people don't need to people who don't need it. Or people who have it as their only option of what to buy, for example. And that was so that you could earn enough money so that you could pay someone else for the privilege of living inside. So that you could stay alive and go back to that same job. And is that the normal that people are so excited to return to? If that description doesn't apply to you, good for you. That's awesome. But believe me when I tell you, that description applies to a lot of the people around you and around me, right? I mean, that's just how it is. People have jobs whose essential point is simply to provide a not-needed service or product So that they can make enough money to continue to pay some other large corporation to house them. And another large corporation to give them food. If there is even a large corporation providing food where they live and it's not just, you know, a bodega or a convenience store. Or a Walmart, which is a large corporation providing them food, but... Not food of a great quality, really. And one thing, and I talked about this a little bit on an earlier episode, this idea of the fictions of society. I mean, one thing that we are seeing is that so much of what we have been required to do, 
when we're no longer able to do it because something more powerful than all of us is stopping us from doing it, it is possible for the incredible largesse of our government to step in and do things like provide for rent for people or expand healthcare in this country, provide food. It would be possible, and it is possible in all the other industrialized countries, to provide a regular basic income payment during this time and all times. And we're getting to a point now where, especially if you live in a red state like I do, or in the Wild West, or in a state with a governor who is you know, beholden to right-wing and business interests, I mean, which is pretty much... <laughs> I don't know, 49 out of the 50 of them, um, then we're getting to a point now where there's like a serious conversation about reopening things and trying to get back to this normal. For years, I've been saying that as long as there's food on the shelves and when Americans go home, they turn on the TV and their favorite shows are on, there'll never be a change in the way this system operates because the people would never take to the streets to do anything about it. Now we're at a place where sometimes there isn't food on the shelves. Most of the time there isn't toilet paper. Who would have guessed that might be the breaking point commodity? The TV shows, some of them are still on. A lot of them aren't being made now. Same with all the films people are going to go watch. Which they can't gather to watch, and so they're not coming out. Unfortunately, by and large, people aren't actually doing anything. I mean, the only... There have been some protests around things like freeing prisoners who are trapped in these just houses of death because COVID-19 is spreading through American prisons. There have been protests around that. Of course, things like that, generally speaking, don't get press coverage. The only protest covered by the same media that's owned by the interests who <laughs> support this kind of thing uh, are the protests for right-wing idiots who want to reopen their states. And we've now seen both politicians and businesses make it 100% clear that they're willing to sacrifice you for the stock market. And that's part of the normal that we're all hoping to get back to. No thanks. We have a, a possibly a unique opportunity, well, a unique opportunity so far when climate change b continues to ramp up and, you know, is here in full force pretty soon. We're going to have a lot of other opportunities that are going to make this one look not particularly unique. But until now, you know, in recent years, we have a unique opportunity to try to give this system a shove over the edge. As Sean Swain said, to, to kick the bully while he's down. And man, oh man, I sure hope we take it. And I include myself in that we. Because the system that we had was awful. It was killing many of us. It was harming almost all of us. And it was harming everybody listening to this, certainly. Unless you're either an NSA agent or a billionaire. And I don't think there's too many subscribers in the latter category. And there's probably a couple in the former category. But that system was... Man, it was just like a suicide pact that we all made. Just a death cult. And if we have a shot now of pushing it over the edge by doing things like refusing to go back to work, even if things open up, by refusing to pay rent, by you know, taking to the streets to demand that things change in numbers large enough and with tactics diverse enough that they can't easily be brushed aside or co-opted. 
I sure hope we take this opportunity. I hope it for the sake of my kids. But who knows? I mean, I might die tomorrow, but I might live for 50 more years. And so I hope it for my sake, too. And for yours. And that's the show. You can find this and other episodes at abriefchat.com. You can become a member there and you can support the work that I do by becoming a member in a way that is incredibly direct and necessary. I love you. A better world is possible.